On Easter Day in the Gospel from St. John, we have a great deal of running to and from the tomb and to and from home. In many ways, the whole story is about people who love Jesus, people who are committed to Jesus, and what are they doing? Well, they are running. In line with our overall theme for Holy Week and for Easter, the last lap, I suggest now that a new race is getting underway. There is a new lap unfolding. Because today is the race of something different, what I would call the race of proclamation leading to the race of mission. Christian people tell and then they go. People need to tell and people need to see if indeed the events which made such a theological impact on Mary and Simon and John are to get a wider use and influence the lives of more and more people. Mary came to the tomb, and finding that the stone had been rolled away, she ran to tell Simon and John. They set out to see for themselves, and after spending many verses of Scripture, making no sense whatsoever of it, they, in the famous phrase, returned to their homes. Mary realized that she did not know what had happened. The two disciples did not realize the significance of what had happened. We have before us two misunderstandings of the central event in the development of the Christian faith, and the people closest to Jesus do not understand it. And these two misunderstandings are the first response. I think perhaps that in the times that are in it, we might learn something of which we had not before thought. And it is this, being close to the heart of religion, or indeed to religious practice, is not always the best way to get the best out of it, nor even the best way to understand it. And also that not understanding it all the first time is not a black mark, it is simply a fact. Mary, Simon, and John had all seen the earthly Jesus on a very regular basis. Yet they, of all people, had no understanding of what was going on. One told the other two, and the other two told nobody. Our enforced social distancing and the frustration that you and everyone else will undoubtedly be feeling at not being in church in the way that you took for granted, during this time, not only is the old way being tested, it's being transformed, and I would suggest that it's being renewed. The key difference from the two men about Mary is that Mary stays. Mary does not leave. It is her grief that holds her, as Scripture says, standing weeping outside the tomb. And it is staying, indeed standing in her grief as it is, that bears fruit and releases the true reward of the opportunity to learn and to be commissioned to bring to all the disciples the next piece of significant theological news. I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So why is this news so significant? 
It offers a very important continuity in the new expression of the identity of Jesus Christ. That's why. Mary is given the assurance that the Father and God are the same. She is also given the first hint that there is yet another lap for Jesus to run and for us to run with him. That is the ascension. His removal from the disciples is indeed a departure. But the departure will bring a new expression of who he is and how people in future generations will relate to him. The fact that he has still work to do somehow seems to give a sense that there is another chapter in this tragic loss. This becomes the new good news, and it is for sharing. But before we leave this story, we need to dwell on another treasured component, and that is the interchange between Jesus and Mary. What she says to him is almost word for word what she said earlier to Simon and to John. It is the automatic response of someone in the shock of bereavement, and we can thank St. John for this note of human realism. The conversation continues, but when Jesus, dead and risen, yet not ascended, when Jesus speaks her name, there is an instant flash of recognition, and it is this encouragement that makes it possible for her to go and to tell the new story to the disciples, and through the disciples and the pages of Scripture to the world as we know it. Easter Day takes us somewhere we could not have gone on Good Friday. The world opens up again to become a very different place. The components of this world are well known to us. We see ignorance and incomprehension. Things happen around us, and because we do not know why, we do not really know what. This is what happened first to Mary and then to Peter and John. Grief brings some sort of need to stop and actually to repeat yourself. And it is in the waiting around and in the repetition that something different happens. There is a moment of recognition in the use of a name. In turn, someone we fail to know, in this case the gardener, becomes all of a sudden someone we do know, that is the teacher, the risen but not ascended Lord, because recognition, that is knowing that someone else knows us, does us a great deal of good. And recognition turns Mary into an adventurer, because she tells the disciples something they never thought they would hear, I have seen the Lord. While indeed we are confined and isolated, not only do we see things differently, but we get a chance to see them the same. Our circumstances have changed. They have been reduced more than we ever imagined. We have taken the opportunity to do our bit for everyone. Why? Because we are frightened. We are facing something we cannot control. We are facing into something the experts do not understand. We want to do our bit and we want to play our part. We are part of a race against time, inside time itself. Easter comes to meet us in the personalities of Mary, Peter and John, and the other disciples. We are yet to meet Thomas again, 
and to travel with Jesus to the lakeside and to continue the next lap, which flows from the last lap. Easter gives us a new tomorrow, and for this we ought indeed to be thankful and praiseful. Colossians chapter 3 in the first verse. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.